0: Final hour, Bill Michaels show, Ben Kenny, Zach Heilford, 877-867-1670. That is the number to call if you want to join the show. Thoughts on the game this weekend? Can it all be fixed in a week? Do they win handily in Washington? Or, are you confident really in anything entering this game? It is, is it fair to question Goody's offseason, where we stand today? All that good stuff. All we have discussed Today. Bill will be back tomorrow. Um, I also have Matt Schneiderman of The Athletic tweeted this out a couple minutes ago. He is at practice. Christian Watson, not practicing again. Hamstring. Sammy Watkins is, though I really doubt he's going to play on Sunday. Feels like a next week proposition. Um, no Jake Hansen at practice. No Randall Cobb and no Mercedes Lewis for veteran rest. The last one. Aaron Rodgers, though is back as he said he would. There's a video of him out of there is a video Zach of him taking a handoff from a coach as if he's out of the eye formation mm. and turning around and faking a handoff to somebody I can't forget who and scrambling around the side. Uh Maybe they will have Matt arrested for taking this video because how dare you take a video of something in the game plan and broadcast it out. Packers keep that stuff in house, but who knows? I maybe more eye formation
1: to make the state happy. I don't I don't wanna be I don't wanna be that guy. I've been to a few practices. <laughs> they always do that. Yes. <laughs> that's a true sorry. That's a true Craig. Can
0: Craig Council get them to bunt more situation? Yeah. Eye formation bunts. For the Badgers it's the jet sweep. Which we yeah. Which worked. I Vinny jet jet sweep Vinny. First, and then Mr. Bell there around the end. Yeah, impressive stuff. Badgers at Purdue on Saturday. We'll touch on that a little bit later. I I wanted to save it because we're on the air from 5 to 6 tonight, Kenny and Heilprin, and in podcast form. I kind of wanted to save most of the Badger thoughts for that show. I also know that most of the focus of this state nowadays is on the Packers, given their struggles, and the Badgers are kind of eliminated from West contention, and it's kind of frustrating to watch them play all those reasons um,
1: Jim, I mean, Jim Leonard actually said that today he goes we know going out there that there's going to be some people that are probably not overly excited to see us type of thing and we have to go out there and prove that we deserve to be uh, cheered and that we can make this environment a good one but we're not expecting you know we are not expecting anything great come Saturday yeah when hmm. he runs out when he runs out the tunnel that's kind of a refreshing comment as someone
0: who hasn't had much joy in watching them play recently, you know? I, but we'll see. If they can beat Purdue and continue the winning streak, then maybe I talk myself into a beatdown of Iowa and then a beatdown of Maryland and Nebraska, and then they beat Minnesota and, you know, momentum going into next year. But we'll deal with that as it comes. <laughs> Matt LaFleur, Green Bay Packers head coach, met with the media earlier today. A couple minutes. Here it is. Is there any chance he
2: might be back? Yeah, we'll see. Um, you know, he was limited yesterday, and I thought he did a nice job in terms of what we asked him to do, and so we'll just kind of, you know, take it one day at a time and see where he's at. Matt, do you like what, uh, what
0: Keyshawn
3: might be able to
2: bring and on the kickoff return? Yeah, no, absolutely. He's done a great job in everything that we've asked him to do, whether it's, you know, covering punts, whether it's going in there on defense, and then. Certainly, I thought he gave us a nice little spark um, on kickoff return. The,
1: their linebacker, Holcomb, has got a bunch of tackles for the second consecutive
2: year. What have you seen that. Uh, just tough physical player. You can tell he's, he's – I think he's got really good instincts. Um, you know, I, I want to say he's a captain. Um, and he, there's a lot of reasons why. You can see it on the tape. He's all over the place.
3: Obviously, you so saw you make the change on the offensive line in the game. Do you anticipate anything different in your lineup this week?
2: Uh, we're kind of like taking, again, that's a, something we're, we're trying to feel out right now and see where we're at uh, come Sunday.
4: What's the pros and cons if, if you do move Elton inside sometime this season? What's the pros and cons to left versus right? Obviously, if you go with right guard, you don't have to move John, but left guards where Elton's playing more. Yeah,
2: I think that that's a great great question um, that I don't know if there is a right answer for. Uh, in terms of that's something you're always kind of balancing with all these guys because it's okay. Do you move one guy? Do you move? Do you end up moving two guys? How does that work out? Or do you just you know you just work through what we're going through right now and. Coach better and go out there and execute fundamentally at a higher level. So, um, you know that's what that's why we're practicing. We um, had a really good practice I think yesterday in terms of just the energy, the urgency, the execution, the detail. I thought everybody did a really nice job. Um, you know the guys were having fun yesterday, and that's something that we stressed to them. And so, you know, we gotta we gotta keep building on it.
1: What do you think that is, the fun part of it? Is it not playing as well as they want to? Is there pressure? I guess where does, come yeah. from, where does, that, where does that come from, where you, where you lose that part of it?
2: Yeah, I think um, I'm not saying that they lost it. No, that's not what I'm saying. I just, you know, you got to be mindful that uh, this is uh, a great privilege to – and these guys have worked their butt off to get to this point. But you can never lose the fact that you're playing in the National Football League and whether – you're flying high, or you're you're fighting through some adversity. It should be fun to go out there and play ball. Um, so I just think it's a reminder, more so than anything else. But I think naturally it happens when you hit a little rough spot or whatever. Naturally, it isn't quite as fun. So now we're, we're six games into this thing, and we're, we're three and three, and that that's what our guys got to remember, like. Uh, there's a lot of ball in front of us, and you, you, you always got to look at one game at a time, one day at a time, and just try to put everything into whatever day it is and just try to get a little bit better each and every day.
1: I'm sure you take 6-0 if given the option, but can this be a good <laughs> thing to go through the adversity early in the season because you haven't really been through much early season adversity
4: the past three years?
2: Yeah, and I think if if you look around the league, look at look at all the records around the league. There's there's a lot of parity in our league, and um, the competitive balance is is um, there's only a handful of plays that separates each and every game. And so all you can focus on is again whatever the next play is. You know, you got to have that one play mindset. Whatever it is you're doing, being so deliberate and being so intentional with your focus and it takes great focus to go out there and execute consistently at a really high level. Do
4: you, do you learn any more about your guys going
1: through something like this early in the season than when you're rattling off win after win and you're eight and one or whatever the past couple years? I, I think
2: that it definitely can shape a mentality, no doubt about it. Anytime you go through I think i I think that's for most of us in, in in life, right? Take football out of the equation. I think anytime you battle through and you overcome something, I think you're a little bit more calloused, a little bit more prepared, and uh, it just it kind of shapes your mindset a little bit.
4: As Tanya, you were saying yesterday there are still some things he's getting back to, getting used to doing. When you look at him, where is he back to where he was before it? And what areas is he back to where he was yeah, before? That's, it? Uh, that's
2: a that's another tough question. I think we're seeing improvement each and every game. Uh, in certain areas, there's always a focus. Uh, in terms of trying to clean up whatever it may be. Um, So, but that's, that is a continuous process. And I would say that for everybody, Um, you know, you're always got to be intentional about your work. You guys
0: good? All right. All right. There he is. Mr. Matt LaFleur, a brief six minutes. Uh, The radio producer planning part of me says, thank you, sir. For it, not being 20 because then you have to shape segments around it and such, but that's just my brain. And also I've gotten enough Matt LaFleur drops from this season to be okay with his performance at the podium. Mostly that's how I evaluate his press conferences is based on what, how many good drops I can get out. Like, mm. like this
2: one. Certainly if you have a huge package,
0: things like that. Yeah. You know, so it's yeah.
1: very producerish of you.
0: He's, he's done a solid job for me in that regard. I, uh, the big part of that, though, he was asked about the offensive line. It's been a point of discussion today. Someone called in the changes we need to see made. LaFleur did the old, oh, I don't know the answer we could do. We can move one guy. We can move two. We could not change it. He obviously knows it's an issue, and he's not going to say what they're going to do. I This this weekend feels really important, really important, like given based on the situation and what him and Stanovich decide to do with the line. Cause it it could be somewhat of a turning point in the season. Cause when you look forward, like what if the line plays as horrible as it did and the alignment doesn't work? Then somehow you're three and four. You go to Buffalo, and then you do go to the Lions, but then you get a tough stretch of, of the Cowboys, the Titans on Thursday. We know how LaFleur deals with games that aren't perfectly at 330 on Sunday. Then you go to Philadelphia like that could really set you back. I'm, I'm not going to use the term. Many are asking if it's a must win or it can't lose. I fall somewhere in the middle when it comes to that. But listen, this, this is a, a really pivotal decision. He's going to make on Sunday or, is it, is it the, is it the decision that decides whether they win the game or not? No, but it could go as far. I, it could go as far as to deciding. I would say, have there been some quarterback shortcomings that have cost them games namely the Giants, even though a lot was at play there, but I I would argue the offensive line lost them the game against the Jets.
1: I mean, it was 27 to 10, but yeah, but it was three to three
0: at halftime. And if the Packers had gotten any momentum, then you would think the second half
1: would have gone differently. Yeah. The problem the the defense was not the problem in that first half, or even, you know, if you didn't force them to be on the field an extended amount of time, which is what they kind of were. And and certainly I think they wore down and the Jets ran the ball down their throat there in the second half. But there has to be a move made. I just can't imagine them not doing something and whether it, like what's worse, not doing anything and it going the exact same or doing something and it not working out. I would prefer the doing something and it not working out because then you can do something else to try and fix it. You can't just continue to throw the same BS at the wall and, and hope it sticks. And that's kind of what they've been doing with this offensive line. Uh, they have the ability now that everybody's healthy in terms of the tackles uh, and guard without Jenkins to move guys around and, and get the best five on the field. And right now that does not include Royce Newman messaging
0: to the fans doesn't mean much, but when your team is struggling and everybody can look at the line and say, that's one of the reasons why it's so much worse to not do anything. Then if you do something and it fails, at least you're showing everyone that we are trying to get this fixed. But yeah not doing anything Yeah, definitely falls on the worst end of that spectrum i if it were up to me from the outsider perspective i'd put jenkins at left guard keep Meyer obviously at center myers at center running to right guard Josh nyman at right tackle I, I think that's the best five guys you have right, right. now
1: sounds good brian belaga we'll, we'll go with that i agree with brian belaga
0: <laughs> i had those thoughts before brian belaga but listen, Adam Iowa. Stenovich, no longer there as offensive line coach really plays in here. And I hand up my fault. Apology entering the season. I, I didn't really start talking about that as a storyline of him moving from the offensive line room to coordinator because of all the movement that was done. But I, that's a big thing. That's a big thing. It's hurt. So not all offensive line coaches are good uh,
1: offense coordinators. Oh, really? Um I've heard a thing or two about that in the city of Madison. I'm not saying that that's the case here. I'm just, I, what I'm saying is it doesn't th- that was s- more significant than I think a lot of people gave it credit for. And it was a, it was a move I think they also had to make because it was do you want to lose him? Because if you don't make him off the quarter, he's going to be off the quarter somewhere and you don't want to lose him. He was going to be in Denver. They didn't want to lose him. So that's just uh that's the way it was going to be. And I think they made the right choice. But we're also seeing that, you know, maybe Luke Buckus and the line in general just haven't been able to to live up to what they, they have been or had been these last three years under Adam Stenevich. 877-867-1670. And do we have to wonder if Luke Buckus is some kind of a, a plant from Chicago? Oh. And kind of messing with stuff. That is a question. No, it's not. It's, just, um, it's, it's It'd be hilarious. I could see. I could see some conspiracy theory. Uh, theorist throw that out there that they inserted Luke Buckus into the uh, into the coaching staff a few years ago, and now he's in a position where he can really impact it. And uh, now Dick Buck is just sitting back there laughing.
0: Uh, yeah, I don't think they're that smart when it comes to who's that. The, the Buckuses, the Bears. No, generally, yeah. Eight seven seven eight six seven sixteen seventy. You want to chime in? Do it. There is a. There's another Packers thing that's cropped up throughout the season, a stat that we will discuss when we return. Whether it's something that can realistically be righted, uh, even if let's say the line plays well and everything uh, in that theme. There's one stat I will bring it up when we return. A lot more to get to as well. Bucks Sixers tonight in Philly. Bucks start their season. Best team in the East? Question mark? Maybe. We'll see. We'll talk about it. A lot more to come. He's Zach Cowpern. I'm Ben Kenny. It's the Bill Michael Show.
3: Covering Wisconsin sports like a blanket. This is the Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network.
1: Uh,
0: welcome back. It is the Bill Michael Show. He is Zach Heilprin at Zach Heilprin on Twitter. I'm Ben Kenny at Ben Z Kenny. If you want to chime in that way, you are welcome to do it. Kenny and Heilprin. That is our show. Also, we are live from Monk's bar and grill sun Prairie five to six tonight. Come out and say hello. Eight seven seven eight six seven sixteen seventy. 1670 Zach, I, I mentioned this entering break. So we were talking earlier about the Packers, um, and the sacks they've taken. They've taken 15 sacks, uh, 10 of them have come on third down. The exact time that you cannot afford to move backwards. You actually have to go forwards. Five of those 10, according to Zach Cruz of Packers Wire, who looked at it, five of those 10 came on the edge of field goal range, taking points directly off the board. So that's one glaring issue. How do they do on third down? Can they sustain drives? When they have one good play, can they stack those plays on each other and actually put together a full game? The other thing is, Coming out of halftime, I mean this this team has still like the Jets it got bad on both ends, but yet again, the team sucked in the first half against the Jets, but they also sucked in the second half. <laughs> like they have they have sucked pretty much every second half except for the Patriots game when, when they got some stuff going on offense. Uh the the exact number, which I I have now lost geniusly, uh here it is. The Packers only have 37 offensive points after half, an average of 6.2 per game, six points in the second half per game this year in the floors. First three seasons, the team is averaging 12.7 points per game in the second half. It's just like nothing will change. If this team does not find a way to not completely collapse in the third quarter, like, and I could see it happening. It's happened in the past. Damn it. It happens to me with Wisconsin so many times. They have a great first half, a great first two drives. I'm tweeting about it. Oh, the team's back. Mertz is back. This is so good. They can run the ball. They play defense. And then suddenly in the second
1: half, the team falls flat and gets crushed. They can, been, they've, I, been, they've been really good on their first drives this year. Yeah. Especially uh, in the Big Ten. I mean, outside of the Ohio State game, scored against Illinois, scored against, almost should have scored against Northwestern, and scored against Michigan State. Yeah, they've been really good in the first half. Uh, first half. In terms of the Packers, um, they are the opposite of the Golden State Warriors, right? I mean, the Golden State Warriors are the best third-quarter uh, team of all time in what they have what they do in the third quarter during this during this stretch of championships. The Green Bay Packers, to this point this year, <gasps> horrendous.
0: They are the Washington Generals of the third quarter. Yeah. For those who don't understand, that is the team that gets paid to lose to the Harlem Globetrotters every night. That's what they look like in the second half. It's got to change. Whether that's, you know, the coaching, how you— How offenses adapt throughout the game, whether it's execution, I don't know, right? Like, and it could be something different every time, but no winning will happen. Like the season will not turn around if we see the same, oh, it's great when it's scripted and they prepared so much for it that as soon as they actually are off script and have to adapt, it sucks. So that's something to watch in Washington on Sunday, 877-867-1670. Let's go to the phones. Market Plunger. What's up?
4: What's Up, gentlemen. Um, how, how are you? Good, good. I can't complain. Uh, I am, a, I did not know that Dick or butt dick kisses son plays for us <laughs> or is the coach. Yeah, but dick kisses <laughs> pause that guy. Um, by the
0: you know way, that, the Bears one day gave him their Twitter account, and
1: he is a riot on Twitter. I, I will bet. say. There's not a chance in hell that it's actually him rolling and doing that stuff. <laughs> there's not. A, there's just not a chance, man. They I gave don't even him, know you can do two plus two. In come it. on now. They gave him the camera
0: and he was trying to take a selfie video of him next to his name in the locker room. He just couldn't figure it out. Then they posted the video. It he's was hilarious. Li- that's fine, but
1: well, he's, he's not the one that's like tweeting these things out, right? Uh, oh no way. He's got it's it's Tom it's the Tom Brady thing. He's somebody else is running the Twitter account.
4: It's probably somebody just follows him around and listens to the weird stuff he says. And that's, that's it. Yeah. So the the uh, you know the, the second half thing with the Packers, they did that last year like four or five times too. So I I don't know what it is with them. I, I I'm not worried. Like I, that's a, we've got a good team. Um, I I just think that they're they're. they're uh, the teams are getting used to what they're doing, you know, the first three years or so they just, most teams couldn't even do it. And I, I think now they figured out how to adjust and everything. And it just, Lafleur hasn't dealt with that yet. So I think it's going to be difficult for, for them for a little bit, but you know, the wide receiver thing I, it worries me. But besides that, I look at this team and I'm not like, Oh yeah, you know, this is a terrible team. I just think we're playing really bad.
0: I don't look at, I don't think they're a terrible team either. I think they have the potential to be quite good yeah. I guess there's not one area that I'm confident will suddenly turn it around.
4: No, I know, and that that's, yeah, it, it needs to be a whole group effort there.
0: It's a true, I I need to see it all to believe it, that they can actually play a, a full game of competent football. Oh,
4: uh, 100%. I haven't seen it and I mean, a few times. But again, last year there, and the year before that even, I think there was a Minnesota game. It was one of the first games that we were way up on. I and next thing in, oh, there's... No, we, we, we barely won. Just skated by, I think. And I'm pretty sure that happened at least three or four times last year.
0: Yeah. Uh, the defense, I hope, gets better in the second half. And the offense holding the ball definitely will help. Saw that in yeah. London. We saw it against the Jets. My thing is with the offense, it's like when, when a coach is a play caller, he has the first 10, 12 scripted plays. For many, it goes quite well when that's happening. We see it in college all the time. Then as soon as... They go off script, it, it, it gets rough. One of the things you go off script for is you're seeing what works as the game goes along. Uh-huh. You're either returning to it, you're giving different looks out of it. Like I go back to that Giants game and they came out in the second half and I had a bad drive to start, go three and out the next drive. I, I wonder about whether they're actually getting into the most advantageous spots as time goes along, and I would kind of look to the floor for that because that's a I, long-term uh- trend.
4: I agree. I, I that's that's one of the issues I see and yeah, no, I, I totally agree with that. Do they cover on Sunday? Yes.
0: Wow. All right. I the man who knows the markets thinks the Packers <laughs> cover the I 5.
4: I don't know gambling
0: though. I got you. Appreciate it, man. 877-867-1670. Do you kind of see it the same way when it comes to play calling as as the game goes along or is it hard to generalize something like that?
1: I think it's hard to generalize something like that, but Bobby Ingram apparently is the has been is the most talented scriptor of plays that Wisconsin's ever had, <laughs> right? Yeah, as good as they've been on opening drives this year. Yeah, so no doubt. Maybe there. I don't know. Maybe there's something to it. I well, I'm thinking for
0: the Packers because for Wisconsin, I don't know. Maybe I'm just jaded having watched this team play offense the last couple of years. But when it comes to the Packers, we've seen them perform at the highest level for four quarters and always look good. Even, again, I bring it up all the time. The Arizona game in 2021, no Devontae. It was perfectly scripted to start. It worked the entire time. The fact that as soon as they get off script, it stops working. Like, yes, the execution is poor. Like, that three and out against the Giants. Aaron Rodgers is trying to chuck it deep. He misses Cobb a bit. The pass is a little inside. Whatever, a better receiver might have been open on some of those plays, but still, they can't be getting into the best looks possible if nothing works. So, yeah, that's a coaching thing, I guess. I don't. Know. It, it, it's everybody, um, and and that's why when someone says something critical of Rodgers, and everyone jumps on and say, "Oh, it can't be him; it's everyone else." It's like, no, it is. Every single piece of this offense has been quite poor to start the year. Except but,
1: for Aaron Jones. But is it just poor every play, or is it poor one guy being poor on every play? Because that was the Diane Arlovsky thing that you pointed out earlier, right? Yeah, it's, it's just likely like, it's just the like, latter. It's just like one guy here and there. It's not every guy playing horribly on every single play, or one group playing on playing significantly worse. It's it's one guy, and they're just not meshing all together. And some teams are able to overcome that. Because... It, the difference between great offenses and good offenses and bad offenses isn't one play. It's the, it's the ability to overcome mistakes from other guys and still make those plays. And Green Bay hasn't been able to overcome that. It's They've let that one guy hurt them more often than not. And it's one different guy. It's not the same one person. Though Royce Newman certainly has.
0: Yes. Yeah. Sometimes it is the same one person. But I can go past the Jets game. Like go back to the Giants game. And when they had opportunities to take shots down the field or get the ball in Aaron Jones's hand like that wasn't just uh, the film from the Jets game shows. Okay, that guard got beat the screen that would have gone for 30 instead went for four yards, things like that from very specifically that contest. I go back to the Giants game and it just was a, a unit wide and maybe more towards the play calling and the quarterback that they just, they just couldn't move the ball in the second half and the Giants are they look good. But I mean, come on. That's not a, a world-beating defense you're looking at. And it worked in the first half, like, perfectly. That first half against the Giants, probably the best half of football this team has played all season. The offense was clicking on all cylinders. Aaron Rodgers was getting the ball out fast. He was fitting it into windows. It looked great. And then as soon as they came out in the second half, I, I'm sure the Giants, uh, well, they brought pressure on a couple of plays, but I, there were moments where it's like, okay, why can't you just do what you did in the first half and continue to have success?
1: I also thought they settled. Though I mean, they, they, the game could have been—it could have been a bigger lead there at halftime. It was twenty to three. It was twenty to ten.
0: Right, right. They got the touchdown late. Yeah, offensively, it was the best half. Yeah, De- defensively, maybe there was it, another it kinda play. F- it
1: kind of felt—it kind of felt like things were starting to snowball for the the defense. I mean, Daniel Jones moved the ball. Yeah. Especially second quarter, third quarter, and obviously in the fourth quarter, they ran a perfect Madden playbook where it's all the play action
0: sprint out where you have all the players flowing to the same side of the field in Madden. It makes it easy because you could see who's open and who's not. It's not all moving, but the Gi- that's like what the Giants did. The The fullback sprint out uh, pass that goes for five yards every time. But yeah, and I, I mean, I go back to the goal line stand. Like, this is why the Jets game is not the little, it, it doesn't really represent the full season because you go to the Giants game and they're on the goal line with a chance to tie that game. And there were guys open and, and Roger throws it right into a four man blitz with everyone jumping up in the air. Like there are moments of every piece not clicking, which has led to the three and three record. And I, yes, I'm being negative, but I mean, I don't know. Hopefully it gets turned around. I, I want to see success. I just, there's nothing there that makes me confident it's necessarily coming, but we shall see six seven 1670. If Paul charging is right. I mean, this is a, a great matchup with a poor Washington secondary and a, a team generally with not much life after a, a pretty hilarious loss to the Bears. They beat the Bears. They, be, they won that game? Yes. Well, that tells you how, how much <laughs> attention I was. I thought they lost. Oh, Fields no. had the ball late. I, I truly came away from that game thinking neither team won. Plus, they look, They were both wearing orange.
1: It was. I mean, it was yeah, a bad mat, bad uniform matchup.
0: I forgot Washington won that game. Oh, they're coming off a win. They're hot. They are. They're hot a- in a little mini bye week. Yeah. Uh, Ron Rivera went on a rant, as I said. Yeah. My, Mike Gundy went on a rant. They beat Sam Houston State thirty eight to three next week. Just saying. We'll are, you, are you
1: saying that Green Bay is Sam Houston State?
0: No, no, not at all. I'm just saying rants work
1: sometimes. You know, the same way that booing works. I'm sure that's in your mind, Philadelphia, like all booing works. I'm being sarcastic. Like accountability
0: works. There's a fake Twitter account that encaptures sports radio callers. Oh, Gotcha. That every single time a player does something well, who had been booed in the past, they tweet hot. See, accountability works.
1: Yep. Or like if uh, like people have been pushing for the media to hold the coach accountable with questions in a press conference. And all of a sudden, you know, it turns around and, and they play really well the next week. Accountability matters. Accountability works. I that's that's what it is. I hope the media have a great game on
0: Sunday. <laughs> just just play great entering the weekend. Eight seven seven eight six seven sixteen seventy. He is Zach Iopren. I'm Ben Kenny. It's the Bill Michael Show.
3: Covering Wisconsin sports like a blanket. This is the Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network.
0: Welcome back. It is the Bill Michaels Show. That is Zach Heilprin. I am Ben Kenny. A couple segments before we are out of here. Send you off on, on this Thursday night into Friday. Bill will be back tomorrow. Uh, I have forgotten, Zach, to go through this. We have our NFL picks. We do every week. So far through six weeks, Bill sits at 9-9. Nine and nine. I'm 7-10-1. Believe it or not, I'm losing a a picks thing, as I always do. My three, and, and I'll do this quick, and then we'll talk Buck Sixers. Commanders plus five, Lions plus seven, Jaguars minus three. Those are the ones I'm going with. Bill has the Lions plus seven as well against Dallas. Titans minus two and a half against the Colts, and the Chiefs minus two and a half in San Francisco against the Niners. So we'll update that. We'll probably talk about it tomorrow when Bill returns. Tonight, though. The Milwaukee Bucks start their season. They are in Philadelphia against the Sixers. Sixers four-point favorites in this one. Harden thirty-five points, eight rebounds, seven assists in the first game. Sixers lost to the Boston Celtics the other night. Uh, Bucks best team in the East? Question mark. I, I, I mean, entering, entering. I think they are. They're the best player by far in the conference, and it's a big what if game, but what if Middleton doesn't get hurt in the playoffs like they are with Giannis until he is not playing at the best in the world level. I will not bet against them to come out of the East and it's the nature of basketball. They're going to have some down stretches in the regular season. Players are going to rest and all that come playoff time. They'll turn it up. They'll be quite good, but I I'm excited for basketball. I I'm excited for
1: it to be back. Are you? It feels like it just ended. I'll be honest with you. Um, it does. Yeah. So, but that's usually how this this this, this stuff goes. It <laughs> you get into football in July, basketball just ended in June. You get in July, in July, August, September, fly by, and by October, it's basketball. Like people are practicing and games start. Yeah. It's it gets very quickly. But in in terms of whether they're the best team in the East, uh, odds wise, no, they're not. Boston. Boston, the the favorite to win in the East. The Nets and Bucks. Uh, this is this is this is to win the title. So the 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 Celtics have the second highest odds. They're actually tied with the Warriors. Then it's the Clippers at thirteen and two. Everyone forgets about the Clippers because obviously Kawhi did not play last year. But then it's the Nets and the Bucks at seven to one. Hmm. I can see it. If the I mean, if the Nets play talent wise, if they, their talent plays up to it, you're. This is hilarious watching watching you hear someone talk about someone playing up to talent and, and thinking about Ben Simmons and whether he can play up to his, uh, I mean, come talent. on, this is, this is a guy who a big, big, big time uh, Ben Simmons supporter early in his time in, in uh, Philadelphia. Yeah. Yeah. Before they're, they're, we
0: realized he would never improve and work on his talent. Yeah. And saying if Ben Simmons can play up to his talent is like saying, if I start dunking a basketball, I'm eleven and I can't jump at all. I, I will never dunk a basketball. Give me a six and a half foot rim, but Ken and then Ben's, I can do it.
1: Here's the thing: Ken Ben Simmons play to his talents. His talent is not shooting the ball. His talent is being a great defender and being a facilitator of the ball, and, and actually willing to shoot the ball when it's when you're underneath the basket and it's it's a layup and uh, just ball in the basket. Missing free throws. Can you can you just do those things? If he does those things, the Nets are going to be fine. Because with Kyrie and and KD, they're going to have they have scores. They don't necessarily need him to be that guy, be the guy that's going to lock down on defense, be a guy that's going to distribute the ball and and be good, you know, and just just be out there and be able to play. They had two guys that barely played last year in Kyrie and and Ben Simmons down the stretch. Yep, that's true. I just I will
0: always bet against a team that relies on Ben Simmons late in games. Yeah, well, I've I've seen it forever. But you
1: don't need to rely on him in late in
0: games but the thing is when he's on the court you can defend the nets differently you could pretty much put a guy there down in the middle of the lane you could not even guard Ben Simmons off the ball and just give him as much space as you want sure. and you know when it gets to him he could make a pass and make a play and drive but you know he will never shoot which then makes it harder for his teammates mm-hmm. and maybe I'm proven wrong but I'm not going to buy in to the nets
1: um, uh, I was going to give you this over under what do you think it's going to be uh, over under 52 and a half for Milwaukee for, uh, wins mm. I take the over
0: I think they have a good regular season my big question so Chris Middleton's missing a couple weeks uh, off-season wrist surgery Pat Connaughton as well yes uh, they're gonna ask a lot out of Grayson Allen which is and horrible. does he step up I don't know don't have that much faith in it no but the bigger question for me is like we saw last postseason a lot of Bobby Portis Brooke Lopez lineups they go big and I, Bobby Portis, I, I love love watching him play. Big piece of the team. Question is, can they get enough from the guards when you have Portis, Lopez, and Giannis on the court together? Like, can they get enough scoring out of the guards with with Holiday and then with whoever's next to him until Middleton comes back? Because you need scores like that in order to make things easy for Giannis.
1: Well, and I also think it's how can Brooke Lopez last a season? That is like, a good question, right? When he's on the floor. Does he have another year in him that he can give them an elite rim protector um, and allow them to play a little bit different defensively than they normally would when he's not on the floor, which they had to do most of last year, most of the regular season, because he wasn't on the floor. Um, but what they could be different with him defensively when he's out there. Uh, and if he's playing in an elite level, okay. But does his back have enough? Yeah. another year in him? Yep. Uh, do they win tonight? Four-point dogs in Philly? I'm going to say no. Opening night in Philly, everything's been going Philly way, Philly's way uh, of late sports-wise, so I feel like probably tonight's going to go their way as well. Um, PJ Tucker, old friend, is now on the Sixers? He is. They finally got a dog over there. They've been playing with a bunch of puppies these last few years. Now they got a, they got a real dog and yep. a, a guy who's uh, got a little bit left in him. I think, uh, still. Mr. Intangibles. This, this guy's, yeah. He was in he was in Milwaukee, then to went to Miami. Now he's in Philly. He's just getting a smorgasbord of Eastern contenders. Dude's a winner. He's like the Jack Cone of, of the NBA. Is he though a winner? I mean, his team didn't win last year. Eh, came, yeah, but came up came up short. They elevated past their talent level. They did not. I think they did. Miami's got plenty of talent. Yeah, but yeah. Were they more talented than Boston? Eh, I don't know. I think we can all just be fair about this. If Chris Middleton's playing, it didn't. It wouldn't have mattered who was who. Giannis was playing at such a high level in the Eastern Conference semis, obviously because Chris Middleton, they needed him to, to be that. But if Chris Middleton doesn't hurt, doesn't get hurt, I think Milwaukee's in the finals. I don't know if they beat the, the Warriors, probably not, but they're in the finals. They're yeah. a better team than Boston. A, a
0: glaring thing was brought up. Everyone talks about all of this. Uh, there hasn't been necessarily dominance when it comes to the NBA or like you go into this season, a lot of parody across the league, a lot of teams with a chance. It was brought up that in the last twenty years, when LeBron or Steph Curry has adequate help, they win like every time. And they're healthy. So we'll see what the Warriors look like. I, I still would pick them as my way too early yes. uh champion pick. For but sure. I think the Bucks get there. I like them coming out of the East. They play in Philly tonight against the Sixers, season gets underway. We will talk about it tomorrow. We're going to step away. Final segment. When we return, we'll talk about the Major League Baseball <clears throat> playoffs.
1: No we, no, we won't. For a second, no, we won't. We'll talk about Mr. Josh Hader. We're going to, we're to, we're going to talk some badger football when, he, when we come back. No one wants to hear about Philly. No, I wasn't even going to do that. I was well. I was. Hey, going nobody to, really wants to hear about Josh Hader either because it's kind of a sore subject. I don't know. I well, my people question, want them to win. My question is Are people rooting for him? Yes. You think so? Yeah.
0: People rooting for the Padres because haters there. Not because of him, but. They're rooting for him to succeed? Yeah. Kind of stuff it in Stearns' face? Yeah. Gotcha. All right. 877 867 1670. Final segment next. It's the Bill Michaels Show.
3: Ready? This is the Bill Michaels Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Now in Green Bay, here's Mike Clemens. The Packers taking on the Washington Commanders Sunday at noon with Carson Wentz out after having hand surgery. Taylor Heineke gets the start at quarterback. This will be the second time he's faced the Packers, the team he grew up watching. A huge fan of Brett Favre as a kid. The Commanders lost a year ago this week, twenty-four to ten, here at Lambeau Field. Head coach Ron Rivera on watching that game.
4: Well, most of the things just to miss the missed opportunities. When I go back and look at that game, I mean. You know, for, for what they do, you know, they're very dynamic on offense, obviously. Um, you know, especially everything starts with the quarterback. Then you look at them defensively, and they're an opportunistic bunch. You know, they they're, they're um, got some tremendous athletes up front. And, uh, you know, one thing they do have is they do have a good core of, uh, of, of defensive backs. And when you have opportunities, you know, you've got to take advantage of them.
3: The Packers trying to overcome their first back to back losses since Matt LaFleur took over the team. Dean Lowry.
4: Yeah, it's a big challenge. I think it is, um, you know, just um, different territory for the guys that have been here and been a part of Coach LaFleur's teams. But again, I think today was a good first step. It was a very energetic practice. Guys are flying around, having fun, and staying positive. So um, we're a very tight knit team, and it's just kind of stay together
1: and just um, keep moving forward.
3: Packers tight end Robert Tunyon had a big day. Despite the loss to the Jets, Tunyon had 10 receptions, the most for a tight end in franchise history.
1: It was funny because usually like after like a game like that, a lot more like high energy, vibrant, but I was like a lot more chill and I just reflect on it more and I think it was just kind of like I wouldn't say emotional but just like I thought about it and I was like man this has
4: been forever and you know proud of myself, you know happy for the team and the, the people I had around me just supported
1: me so yeah you know more to come and just going to keep working and just be around these guys
3: and so in green bay i'm mike clemens on the bill michaels show
0: that is mike clemens brought to you by the bay motel in green bay thank you mike that is zach ioper and i'm ben kenny a couple minutes before we are out of here we will be live again five to six o'clock heard on this station in madison heard as well in lacrosse our great affiliate there talking Badgers Purdue Kenny and Heilprin if you're interested come on by say hello visit monks across the state they are great and our show's also a podcast so if, if you care about the Badgers and uh, want to hear about the chatter post Paul Chris firing many podcasts are up search Kenny and Heilprin there. Badgers and I actually I said we talk about the MLB playoffs we can and we're going to do it Josh Hader looked amazing last night. Uh, Trent, Trent Grisham is the reason that the Padres are in this series. He went ballistic against the Mets two series ago. Um, I, I don't know. I don't know how I feel about it. Well, I, I know how I feel. I'm a Phillies fan, and I'm hurt. But when it comes to the Brewers and Hader, that will go down as one of the worst trades ever made. It has to. It, it, it has to. And there were so many that still, as the season went along and the bullpen couldn't buy outs and everything fell apart, that were defending it and saying, oh, yeah, you know, uh, the Taylor Rogers plus Matt Bush plus Trevor Rosenthal, who didn't throw a freaking pitch, I, I think. He might have thrown an inning, but who did nothing. He's like, oh, all those guys combined, when you add up their war, it's the same as haters. And then Hader struggled for a week in San Diego as he
1: worked through things, and they're he's, oh, Hader sucks now. He struggled for a little bit more than a week, but a couple of weeks. Yeah, it was, it was. There were some roughs. He got. He got demoted. He wasn't the closer there for a minute. Yes, six appearances. They were bad, but still, it's like he's freaking Josh Hader.
0: And uh, did it tank the Brewers' season? History will say yes, it did. So thank you, David Stearns. Maybe maybe he learns from it. Maybe he's like, you know what? Maybe we should. Stop lowballing Adrian Hauser on our qualifying offer, and 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 maybe we should, maybe we should not look two years into the future where we can't pay Hater. It's like trade him in the
1: freaking off season, man. Get what you want back, yes, but not in the middle of the year. Yeah, never in the middle of the year. And I feel like this is you're a little upset by the Brewers, but more so. I'm pissed off because the Padres of Josh Hader. Yes. Come on. Josh Hader, three up, three down last night to close out the Phillies to to even the NLCS at a game apiece. I wish it was Taylor he, Rogers. He's been absolutely locked in in the playoffs. I mean, in no in one hit allowed in six appearances, five appearances, a yeah. bunch, bunch of strikeouts. He's got what? It helps sa- when the umpire. Four saves. In the, yeah, it's just insane. It helps when the umpire broadens the strike zone for yeah. him, which,
0: which they did. It was eight five, dude. You,
1: you, you blew a 4-1 lead. For
0: nothing. Feels like 2011. Anyway, all right, that's going to do it for us. Zach, it's been a pleasure. Many thanks. For Zach Heilprin, I am Ben Kenny. Thanks, everyone, for hanging around. Bill will be back tomorrow. Hang out with us five to six at Monks and Son
3: Prairie. See ya. The Bill Michaels Show Podcast. Listen, rate, subscribe.